we'd like you to imagine the scene. 184 and a little bit. Light years from Sol, an unremarkable little planet with a settlement on it. A ship is approaching at speed when a distress call arrives. The occupants, both dressed in a rather fetching looking spacesuit that no one can actually get yet, although we understand it's remarkably similar to one used in the 21st century when riding a dragon, one of them has a little bit less spacesuit left. Than the other. This is the Pilots Federation ship Nutkin with an emergency docking request. We have a medical emergency on board. Oh, I don't feel so good. Well, it's your own silly fault. Just lie there and we'll be down soon. Found a stop of Dav's hope. Please. <laughs> he's, he's in a bad way. Permission to dock, please. We don't have any docking pads. This is a private settlement. What do you mean private? There are tens upon tens of fleet carriers in orbit and I can see little scarabs driving, driving about everywhere. I, yeah, I know, but they're not wanted either. Bloody things keep sealing my engineering materials and running away, and then coming back for more. I repeat, so please, go away. Or in Sidewinders, purple pythons, black mambas, I'm sick of the sight of them. No choice, Commander. I'm bringing her down just outside the compound. Oh, are we nearly there yet? That's it. We're landed. Let's go see the doctor. The pilot loads his patient onto a little space trolley, face down, and hurries across to the main settlement building. Janet! Dr. Stott! I'm getting that deja vu feeling again. Getting really ticked off now. It's like I'm stuck in a time warp. I could reverse the polarity on the shields if you would like, Commander. It won't help. There's no point keeping them out. They're in now. Gentlemen, what can I do to help? We've had a bit of an accident, or at least he has. Do tell. Well, we were on a, we were on a top secret filming project for the Pilots Federation on a nearby unexplored atmospheric planet. We were hired as extras, you see. All we had to do was walk around with a prototype rifle in our hands and saunter a bit whilst the ships flew overhead. And, well, I sort of got injured a little bit. Hang on just a moment. We're not allowed on atmospheric planets for just that reason. It's just too dangerous. That's that's why it was top secret. Uh, we're testing the new spacesuits and equipment ready for next year. The filming was for promotional film, and all we had to do was walk and look meaningfully at a ship landing. Would you take a look at him, Dr. Starr? I, damn it, Jim, I'm a scientist, not a doctor. Oh, it's the lab coat. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. All right, I've got a med kit here somewhere. Um, what seems to be the problem? Well, take a look. My word, what on earth happened to the back of his flight suit? Those burns look really nasty, and he looks really rather green around the gills. Janet, Janet, fetch another bucket. Yes, Commander. Here, if you're going to be ill, do it in this. I've got plenty more where that came from. Oh, that's a lot of buckets. What has it got in the bucketses? That's none of your business. Nobody's supposed to know how the buckets work. Just use it if you feel the need. I can always drop it on some unsuspecting player faction later. Go on, tell me about the incident. Well, the director had to do another take as there was too much lens flare and the ship kicked up so much dust it looked like we were filming Lawrence of Arabia. So the ship had to fly up and come down for another pass. And we got bored. Yeah, we were bored. And there was this prototype jetpack just lying about uh, next to the invisible knowledge gun. I think I can see where this is going. And I sort of put it on uh, so we could take some selfies, you know, for the gram. And then I thought, uh, what does this button do? It always starts like... So I grabbed one of the equipment tethers just in case and I pushed the big red button. <laughs> next thing I know, he's gone off like a firework. Whoosh! The thing lit up by like a Roman candle. He hit the end of a tether and started flailing around like a fire hose on full pressure with no one holding it. 
It was then that I started to feel really quite ill. I grabbed the end of it, but it was going off like an unbalanced washing machine on a spin cycle. That's when I discovered the 3D vision isn't a good idea when you're using a jetpack. We've let the development team know, oh, and the Remlock helmets don't have draining holes. There I am, hanging on to him like he's some kind of demented kite in a storm, and he flips the faceplate open. It was horrible. It's like something out of The Exorcist. Eventually the fuel ran out and I landed on my ass. It was parked next to the shooting lot. Well, that all sounds well and good, but how how did he get burns like that? Well, it's a prototype. How are we supposed to know that you're supposed to wear flame-proof underwear? He barbecued his landing gear to a crisp, and poor Stevens cracked his industrial firmware. And that's why these things take months of testing. I've told Vanguard not to leave untested stuff lying around where just any old programmer can fiddle with them. I recommend you sleep on your front for the next few months whilst the progenitor cells can take Thanks, Doctor. By the way, uh, I've been meaning to ask, why is this place called Dab's Hope? Because just one day, I hope everybody will ask her, stop asking silly questions. As we end the scene, Dav goes back to playing with his buckets. Stephen contemplates not being able to sit upon his sit-upon for a while, and probably as a result of the painkillers, dreaming of flying a panther clipper. And Dom starts wondering what he has to do to get his own little settlement, and whether when he does, he'll be allowed to call it Dom's Corner. Over at Hutton Orbital, a lone figure peers around the corner of the studio door. Uh, hello? Is is there anybody there? <clears throat> well, I've brought the latest shipment of those cards you ordered just in time for the show. Oh, bother. They've all gone to leave. Ah, well, I'll make, just make myself comfy. <clears throat> and as he puts his feet up on the desks, he bumps a button, and a speaker crackles out the words, Our mics are live! Oh, goodness gracious me, come on! Evening, everyone, and for those of you that are really Malthus confused, it's uh, like Flossie. Are you confused, Flossie? You all right? My mouth has stopped working. Oh no! But for those of you out there who are confused, it is not Thursday. It's not eight thirty. We are not at Hutton. And that wasn't Harry Balzac reading the introduction. In fact, the only thing that is normal about this show is that we're here. We're not sure where here actually is, as. Both Sol and Lave appear to be in lockdown. I think I can help with that one, everyone. You see, I'm in the studio. Um, it says here that you've all become hollow use. You've all gone digital. The, the timer on the computer says you won't be let out until Sunday night. I appear to have a few of your special guests here, though. Well, I might play a nice game of buy something whilst they're waiting. Okay, yeah, let me upload the script. <clears throat> Right, there you go. Okay, thank you, Duffet. Uh, right, so here we go. It all goes bad for Simbad the Bad. That's my lines. Mistake. Not shot in hot plot. Mistake, you're not on Flossie yet, but we're not, not mistaking not hot shot, hot shot, plot, plot, hot more shot. Mistake, not shot in hot plot. Mistake. Um, 
Waste chased in outbreak breakthrough. I'm looking for the skill worms aren't as catchy as first thought. Wheels within wheels as the dark wheel turns. Saint paint ain't faint. Whatever that means. Nice price for ice dice. Bobs and Barnets back in fashion as Lakeshade Cave reopened. Atrus 5060s having your whale off a time. Lou's been left alone in the bubble. And Norma's far from alone in VR. First tonight, for the benefit of our Lavian friends, a brief recap. Not long ago in a star system far, far away, well, about 22,000 light years, a ragtag band of commanders came together to start up their very own biscuit factory over in Colonia, where it was deemed safe to store their golden crunch and their bourbon biscuits. 38 pilots put their flag down on an unremarkable planet in the Dubino system and sat down for a nice cuppa. Edge 38, many of them part-time truckers and full-time loonies, thought that being that far away from the hustle and bustle of the bubble, they'd be free of all the political shenanigans. This wasn't to be, as a refugee from the law had set up shop not very far away at all and was jealous of all their buttery biscuits, their delicate dunkometer, and their sweet treats. Yes, Sinbad the Bad saw an opening. And when the 38 popped back to the bubble to help with some trouble, swept in the double steel to steal the dunker's rest, with his twirly moustache and his mama's box spaniel fur-lined cape boo and his ebony cane Simbad turned the happy factory into a prison and its hard-working little elves into indentured labor upon their return the 38 plus or minus a few that they lost in the way were left homeless but undaunted they vowed to get their base back and teach Simbad the bad a lesson about what happens to very naughty faction leaders the truckers, hooray, and many other friends boarded the buses and swung into action to try and turn the tide. Like a Type 9, no, like a Type 10. The turning took a lot longer than expected, but in the last 24 hours, they've all got into the swing of things, and what a swing it is. Yes, the Biscuiteers have leaped into the lead over the Dubinal and Simbad's been blindsided after being caught turning, uh, tuning into Radio Sidewinder. And the team are a mere few days away from sending the very bad Simbad the bad back to his dingy cave over in Fart Auri. Let this be a listen to you. If you are the kind of commander who waxes his moustache to a point and has a fascination with things that belong to other people, Hands off, you rotter! Sticking with Colonia for a bit, we have news that, due to exuberance on the part of the supporters of the 38, one commander, I innumerable, 
came to a sticky end over Dunker's rest. Yes, the pilot of the good ship mistake not my current state of joshing gentle peevishness for the awesome and terrible majesty of the towering seas of ire that are themselves the mere milquetoast shallows fringing my vast oceans of wrath, one of only two Cobra Mark Fords ever to leave the showroom, and henceforth known as the mistake not. A fear of turning into a Lavecon welcome speech reported that he had come under fire from friendly forces whilst making his final approach. The Paladin Consortium's Destruction Derby Wing, hired as a mercenary troop to take on the evil forces of the Mr. Bad, were given instructions to blockade the system, duly hailing the incoming commander, who had made a two-week trip out to Colonia to lend a hand. They didn't receive the passphrase and, as they put it, let him have it. Luckily, with the Pilots' Federation U-turn on recovery services, Taking you to the nearest scrapyard to pick up a replacement ship instead of your point of origin, citing overtime flying laws and fuel costs, Commander I Innumerable simply got a free ride to his destination point, and as a result of no one actually having seen a Cobra Mark IV before, one of the cheapest rebuys they'd ever issued. The mistake not has now been issued with an up-to-date security code, and I Innumerable has joined the innumerable pilots trying to make <laughs> Colonia a safe and peaceful place for everyone. There has been a major scientific breakthrough by Hutton scientists this week, as the ongoing battle to predict system outbreaks has taken a decisive turn. The fleet carrier Alvin's Mercy, en route between Epsilon Eridani and Epsilon Indy on a medical mission, accepted a ship carrying a few tons of bio-waste. Being a medical carrier, all incoming cargo is screened for nasty bugs, from Thargord larvae to space lurgy. And it turned out that the bio-waste was showing extraordinary levels of markers for space plague, the very strain that they just cured. On arrival in Eridani, they contacted station effluent managers and obtained their very own set of sampled stools and, wearing appropriate hazmat equipment, were able to identify the strain of the plague that could be spotted 24 hours in advance of any actual outbreak. Whilst this might not be news to the Pilots' Federation, who've been able to herald the arrival of plague before even the first person shows symptoms, known in political circles as a pending outbreak, the team on board the Alvin's Mercy have shortened the time between the tick and identifying the strain to mere minutes, allowing them to take on bioengineered advanced medicines ready to cure just about anything in double-quick time. When asked for a comment on this breakthrough, Commander Aiden of the Mercy simply said, We know shit. Operation Earworm appears to be out on its ear at the moment as a miscalculation as to what actually constitutes an earworm. The attempt to bring the Delta Pavonis eargrubs back into general circulation has hit upon hard times. Whilst the well-known Hutton Orbital Radio staple tunes including Do Whatever Flossie Says, the Hutton theme song, Baby Beluga, and even Ruby 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 Ooar Ooar Ooar, are appropriate choices of earworms to play to the population to persuade them to let the Jet family take charge. Unfortunately, the team loaded up the wrong DJ box and instead brought Commander Wotherspoon's entire collection of Shostakovich, Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky, which promptly sent the entire population into classical rapture 
and blocked any attempt to brainwash everyone. Not to be deterred, they've contacted the FTM Ruby 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 and asked Graham Snuggles McKeague to hasten back to the bubble once he's had his fill of biscuits and bring the entire back catalogue of the Wurzels to reinvigorate the plan to hypnotise the entire system into believing that a <laughs> jet family are a 20th century cartoon sitcom parody and not allies of the dastardly Don of Antonacci. Any commanders with suggestions of other catchy ditties to play from the transmitters in system should apply to Eddie Lee Wise of Lave Station in the hopes that he'll replace the entire back catalogue of Enya CDs he plays on Endless Loop to Lave with something entirely more toe-tapping. From the pages of a novella to Galnet rumours and whispered conversations, the Dark Wheel have been part of the subconscious of pilots for years. The ongoing mission to kick them out of the subconscious and into the forefront of minds of pilots throughout the galaxy appears to have got off to a flying start, with the political wing of the wheel having taken over a system and sitting pretty in pending expansion to bring their own mysterious brand of politics to yet another system. Will an expansion point the way to Raxler? Will the Dark Wheel of Fortune stop at just the right point? Are they imposters, just misdirecting everyone away from the true location of this mysterious system? Are rumours that the Pilots' Federation confirmed that someone had accidentally been there and not actually noticed a cleverly planted prestigitation? prestigitation. Are the jet black gold-edged membership cards complete with hologram panel and embossed commander name just one step too far? Only time will tell. But we do know that they get you discounts at all good retailers, or they would if anyone actually accepted them. As for the initiation ceremony, are we all we know at this stage is that it involves wearing a lab coat and doing something very funny indeed with Bucket. Not sure I like those insinuations. <laughs> right. With fleet carriers being mere weeks old, the Brewer Corporation appears to have underestimated the sheer amount of paint required to actually coat one in your preferred colours. Commanders had reported that having coloured their carrier in colourful crimson, or given it enough of a yellow sheen that next to exactly the right type of star it was next to near invisible, after the first jump, the paint decided to take an entirely different route and stay behind it. So, yes, the ferromagnetic paint used appears to have been impregnated with the same materials that are used to make cotton mugs and was extremely sensitive to both frame shift and witch space energy. The Brewer Corporation claims that this new formulation was to allow them to make the paint go even further, using a layer only a single molecule thick across the whole sheet. Rumour has it that they were in fact scooping up all of the paint after a jump and then selling it to the next carrier commander that <laughs> In the last two days, they've reverted to their original paint formula and promised all commanders that the paint that they're using is now reinforced with powdered navigation, rendering it impervious to everything from hot box docking attempts to near misses with a nearby neutron star and even the odd 500 light year tritium, which is a relief for Sinjin Hawk as he was very upset at losing his vibrant pink paint shortly after. There was some breaking news from Spider-Mine Systems earlier today that they were indeed the company behind the enormous purchase orders and prices paid for low-temperature diamonds. Yes, they've been covertly crowdfunding their latest mixological creation, the low-temperature diamond ice dice, perfect accompaniment to any Centauri Mega Gin Sling. 
Whether you want your drink to roll a natural 20 at the bar when trying to impress fellow singletons, or you want to do 1d3 hangover damage, you've now got the perfect method to dice your way through every sip. More information will be forthcoming after this news, or for those of you who have worked out where the rewind button is on the VCR, you can go back to earlier where they told us all about it. So, you can be confident that all the mining you are doing not only made your wallet bulge, but you've probably found enough of them to create a shining Coriolis with, which you can dice with death every time you die. John! John, that'd be you! Daffy! Daffy! Is he here? Yeah, I was reading. I was just on mute, see, because I pressed a button and then didn't press it again. Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll cut that out in the edit later. Anyway, there was an enormous sigh of relief across the galaxy today. After months of embargo, the Halloween barber at the Lave Shade Cave reopened for business at midnight last night. There was some minor confusion after a nearby Brazilian barber specialising in an entirely different part of the anatomy was accepting appointments. But as that was soon cleared up after the first commander left feeling a little draftier around the hollow landing gear than they'd anticipated. But with commanders watching their finely tuned and finely horned hollow me becoming even more hairy, as the days went on, they were forced to watch as they went from dashing Corsair to mulleted Hick through Outback Pioneer and right out the other side into Crazy Hermit. With digital wallets full of arcs, queuing began for a snip from the digital scissors. A grade four Imperial Clipper, a short back and sides and even the odd Rachel from Friends for the more retro commander, whether they're going for curtains, crew cuts, comb over, or a quiff, the white-wise barnet is back in action. Digital barbers are said to be booked up for the next six months as commanders prepare themselves for being able to set foot outside their ships for the very first time. Though there are rumours that the predicted fashion trend in early 3307 is, well, most likely to be a wet look matted remlock hair. Unless, of course, the tenuous atmosphere that you visit happens to be exactly the same as that that you'll find on Sol. Good evening, trackers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest intel and updates in the Thargoid War. You might be wondering where I've gone off to since it's been a while since you had an update for me. I'm currently out in Colonia. Looking for Sarg the Mighty, after I caught word that the pesky bugs might have snuck aboard the FTM Cloud Atlas. We also learned that Sarg likes biscuits, so it naturally made sense when I heard that Simbad the Bad had taken Dunker's rest from Ed's 38. That a conspiracy was afoot between the enemies of all good-natured Pilot Federation commanders. During the rather haphazard trip out here, I may, or may not, have abducted a few boffins indiscriminately from the Gnosis to help with my mission. Oh, little had I realised that I had actually abducted LCU. No fool like one. No, there's not another one like him at all. Oh, except there are several of his clones. To say the least, I have learned they are all very passive-aggressive towards one another, 
and locking them in the cargo hold for safekeeping during the journey seems to have only aggravated them. Especially LCU no fool like three who tried to start a one-man revolution to overthrow the tyranny of the bourgeoisie. I suspect he may have been contaminated with imperial DNA during the cloning process. Oh, LCU no fool like one and LCU no fool like ten are currently examining the options. Though LCU no fool like eight does seem to be very different from the others. Looking rather insectoid compared to his clone brothers. Probably just my eye playing tricks on me. Now for that update I promised earlier on the Thargoid War which there isn't much to update other than those mad truckers over in Operation IDA, or, or is it Ida? They're impressing the galaxy once more by filling to capacity 12 fleet carriers, 12 fleet carriers even, with over 300,000 tonnes of CMM composites. Goodness knows what they are. And of course, we've been repairing a record number of stations, having only 13 stations left to repair. That's a smaller number, isn't it? I was told to avoid lists, but I can't resist. I'm going to kill him for giving me this list. The systems with damaged stations in need of repair are New Kuang and, oh God, and no, and no, and no, and no, Hip 117960, Kara, Dan, oh poor Dan, he was such a nice lad, Gabia, Kupol Vu Song B HIP two eight four three HIP one three one seven three LDS eight eight three Garongsians Private M it's private there you know and HIP one seven two seven two one seven one seven two seven two for now truckers enjoy the annual gathering at Lave and when you're done humanity can always use the help from the greatest hauling force in the galaxy to get these stations fixed. Good luck out there for the mug. <laughs> for the mug, welcome to the LaveCon BGS report. It's been a really, really fun day with lots of commanders joining in with crazy virtual events and talks and maybe having a teeny tiny bit of Lavian brandy in a mug, of course. Unless you like a lot of Lavian brandy and then you can have it in a stein. At least that's what Cecil told me. And that wasn't true. Drinking a stein of brandy turns out to be a really, really bad idea. Not as bad as Sinbad the Bad, but nearly, so you can see how bad it is. What what he should have said was, it's all gone a bit shit in stein. Not massively, but a bit. There's a civil war for second place in the system. And if we don't increase our influence, there's a risk the winner will hop over us like a cheeky cricket. And then we'll have to jump back over them like an excited spaniel and risk getting into a pointless conflict. So that's why we need all you bubbly pilots to grab Stein by the handle and boost the crap out of it. We rushed into second place in the new wolf already, so that's all good. And if you can keep that up while securing Stein as well, that would be loved. In Colonia, we've got Edge 38 past the naughty new Sinbad the Bad, who is very bad, and we need to keep boosting them while the election is locking Sinbad's influence and also help Radio Sidewinder to win the election. So every new thing you can for the biscuits 
and nice things for the broadcasters because shooting's never helpful if you're trying to keep an election going. Right, I'm off to the bar. Norma, get your bit done and I'll have a beastly brandalicious buttock blaster waiting for you. Oh, sounds nice. Good evening, everyone. It's me. First tonight, a quick update on the Hutton Fleet carriers. The Ruby, 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 wah, 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 made it safely back to Colonia with a shipment of paladins. Sorry, Dom, we forgot to tell them you were coming. The FTM, FTM Cloud Atlas is currently refueling in a nearby system and appears to be a couple of thousand tons short of enough fuel to make the return journey. But they're working hard in the nearby ice ring to top it off and we'll be publishing the boarding times once we have them. Actually, I've got some breaking hollow news here. The Cloud Atlas is now refueled and scheduled to leave soon. As in, really soon. So anyone wanting to get back to the bubble had better board quickly. Work. The Elvin's Mercy is on a mission of mercy over in Epsilon Arizani, as mentioned earlier in the news, attempting to cure yet another system of space plague before it gets out of hand and everyone turns a very special shade of green. Actually, it's Pantone 15-0343, affectionately known as Greenery, but colloquially known as Sinusitis Green. It's horrible. So lend Commander Aiden a hand. The DSSA ships are still taking up station out in deep space, but someone appears to have stolen our ball of petunias. We hope all is well with him, and they'll be back soon, sometime soon. The Alvin's paw is still up to goodness knows what, but there are rumours that they're invited Stephen Benedetti on an outing in this in very near future, and we're looking forward to whatever it is that Hotbox has planned for him and Arthur. Other than that, I've had a lovely day over at LaveCon Live. We've had some role-playing with Spider-Mind. I think there's some more of that tomorrow. Sounds like Flossie's going in character as Miss Marbles in her own Second Life studio. The Bobstercade has now been full of retro and there have been talks throughout the day. Oh, and a quiz! There's lots more tomorrow, including the raffle, so make sure you back the ticket and tune in. All the information is available on the Gal web over address www.hwsevents.co.uk slash virtual-lafecon-2020. I'm off to Flossie's shop to go and get myself a virtual virtual lafecon badge and to watch some of the buckyball racing. And that's all from me this week. After that mammoth mountain of news, it remains for me to say thank you to our special guests. Yes, as it is tending to be traditional, if traditional means you make it up so that you can convince people to do something that they probably shouldn't do, then this is traditional and traditional for this show. We have been accompanied this evening by a wonderful team from Frontier. Huge thank you to them. That's including the wonderful and spectacular Dav Stott. Good evening. Yeah, there he is, there we go. And we have Dominic Connor. Hello. And Stephen 
bent over during his production, Benedetti! <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was trying to get in character. Yeah, point. it was quite good. Yeah, it's kind of like I didn't realise that you were uh, method Methodist Methodist. No, it's good if you were going for Gollum. Methodist acting. Yeah. Well, well, I noticed. I noticed there was a, a wee Gollum bit and 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 the bit with the buckets is and I do do a really good Gollum impression, but I was like, should I do it or should I yes. not? I didn't. Yes, you should. Yeah, that was written specially for your Gollum impression. That I one that. Exactly. We're gonna have to. Can you go back and redo that line for us? Right? Yeah. Can you scroll back up and I'm just scrolling, do the line? I'm scrolling back, back up. Post. I'm like going back line, up. Right? Okay, hold on. Where is it? Uh, it's all highlighted for me. I'm going to find it. I'm going to do it. Uh, okay. Um, That's a lot of buckets, precious. What has it got in this buckets? Is? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we, can, we can splice that back in in the edit, I'm sure, can't we? <laughs> yeah, that's no happening. Right, and then, of course, <laughs> edits, no kidding, John. Uh, plus, of course, all the way from under a huge, gigantic pile of boxes and boxes within tables that are tables for the tabletops and the tops of the tables. Tabletops, the tops of tables. Despite my existence, HQ, you... it's David Greenvalley, also known as John from Spider Man Games. Hello, thank you for having me. Hey. Uh, you see, you're going to make me break out Amelia with that, that sentence again, aren't you? In a second. Amelia was brilliant. And that is actually, as we speak, being sewn into a, um, a Facebook advert. But I clearly have to let Amelia listen to it first uh, and get a model's release consent form before we start using it. <laughs> well, here's the question. While, while we're talking, though, can, can Amelia dig out those exact words? There's the challenge for you. Have you got the words here? I'll say it again. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we can dig out. I'm, I'm going to lean on lean on co-presenter Harry Balsank, also known as Palantir. Yes. Uh, and say, so while too. we're chatting, is there mm-hmm. any chance you might dig out from the archives, especially for Amelia, the, the line? I'm... I am doing it as we speak. But anyway, so yeah, thank you very much, uh, Palantir, for joining us. And alongside Palantir, as ever, we've had um, Commander Flossie. Hello. Now, we, we did notice that the Simbad the Bad actually ran off with your script at the start there. <laughs> <laughs> he broke into the studio uh, with his moustaches and stole yeah. your script. Stole my script. Awesome. Awesome. That, was, awesome. that, was a, that was a seamless <laughs> recovery there, so thank you very much. <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, I think... I think he's been at the the brandy a tiny bit. We, we've got our, our 10k runner himself. We've got Steve. Hello. Yes. Helen, I told you if you went in doing all that combat, Sinbad would come for you. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, just for the just for the benefit of our our, uh, our listener and our viewer, um, Steve, do you, do you want to say what you're all up to tomorrow and give a few name checks on the the charity fundraising that's going on while LaveCon's on tomorrow as well? Oh, my word. The name checks, I apologize because I'll miss most people. I know Overlight's doing it. Uh, I think Even Star's doing it. Um, I, gone blank on. Oh, Morpheus, I think is joining you, isn't he? Yeah. That's, yes. Um, it's, it's, and again, it's a mi- muddle in my head because there's a mixture of commander names and real names on Facebook and the various places. But, uh, the virtual London 10K obviously replaced the cancelled, uh, Asics London 10K, which special effect repeatedly get the biggest ever charity team to run for. Uh, and they've got over 200 runners doing, uh, of doing it virtually tomorrow. Uh, 
uh, obviously all raising money for the charity. Uh, so, and there's, I, I think we are up to double figures of truckers doing it now as well. So, uh, and we, we have actually got some participation from every continent so far, with the exception of one. Who was Antarctic? Yep. We have actually sent a message down to the Antarctic base, though, that the mug went to. And we have got our fingers crossed that we're actually going to get a message back from the Antarctic as well. So we will have covered every single continent on the planet tomorrow. That will be awesome. But fingers crossed. Yes. But thank you very much. And obviously, I'm, I'm sure, Mr. Mr. Cow, um, I'm, I'm sure if we randomly throw at you how the guys have done during the day or... or uh, some of the uh, the live radio crew, you might be able to give them a shout out during oh, the day's God, proceedings. Abs- absolutely, we've got the uh, live radio podcast right in the middle of it. Also, an ideal time for giving an update during that as well. So, more than happy. Please do keep us updated. And um, then, obviously, you heard earlier as our narrator and uh, newsreader as well, Commander Wotherspoon. Good evening. And it's it's nice to have you back. You've you've been a sort of a week on week off with the the, the Galnet News versus the Galnet Food Digest and. Uh, there's a reason for that, isn't there? <laughs> oh, we do. oh dear, it could get a bit pointy. Pitchforks away, yes, indeed. But but have you been enjoying the Galnet Food Digest as well? I have, yes, yes. Um, it, it's the, 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 there's quite a lot of food in the galaxy. <laughs> no chocolate, awful... no cheese, but there's pretty much everything else. Uh, and some of it very suggestive, su- uh, suggestive in nature as well. So it would which appear. lends itself to being broadcast on Hutton Orbital Radio. And, um, God, I tell you what, I'm going through the list now because I've jumped around as to who we're talking to. And I, I have I forgotten anybody quick? Well, um, Amelia, well, and it's a good time to pass back to Amelia as well. Because has, has Amelia managed to I, find the line? I have the lines right here. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Amelia, on, on behalf of uh, um, Spider-Man. So we're talking best. about a table. Not just any table, but a table for your table. Tabletop gaming will never be the same again as your tabletop tabletops, your standard tabletop, and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple tipple washing over your top. Standing on cute little legs, the level up lifts the level up a little, so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on the top. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. <laughs> and on that note, sounds. a seamless segue, because I know you gave a lot of detail <laughs> earlier on, on the actual live broadcast, the short, short version on a number of topics. So we'll start with the the first one, we'll, oh, the, yeah, the, the most popular one, the little legs. How are the little legs? <laughs> John, this, that was me asking you. How are the little legs? Yes, the table for the table. They're not yours. On little legs. <laughs> The table for the little legs is doing very well. Thank you very much indeed. Um, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, um, a, a, an amazing little, um, adventure that Oliver and I just went. Well, I mean, well, it, it, how's the progress for those of us that really want one to use during lockdown? That kind of thing. Well, so, have um, we got any news on that or is it, uh, watch this space? No, no, no. Um, we're still on. Uh, scheduled to get it uh, manufactured by September. And if anybody was interested, there's actually a video I filmed recently of me putting together uh, one that we had recently from the factory. We're testing the molds to make sure that they produce. Oh, so from, from the real tooling that's been used and actually real not tooling. a prototype so, from the real tooling. Yeah. So if you go over to um, Kickstarter, you search the level up and then you go down to on the level up front page, there's a little tab 
that says update. And if you have a look along there, the latest update, it's called Bevel Up, actually, because um, of something we're doing to make the sliding together of the tiles even easier, slicker and smoother than they were before. But you can actually watch me put together um, a two by three level up and a three by three level up. It's all very Fantastic. exciting. And, it uh, is really yeah, and for those who saw earlier on, they saw the promotional video um, of the level up that we're currently um, using to advertise on. And if you can work out the, re the rewind button on your VCR, you can rewind after this show quickly before yeah. Dockers, watch it, and then we'll be ready for Dockers and then come back again. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing was, obviously, what's behind you at the moment? Oh, yes. Well, um, it's only three years in the making. Um, people probably forgot about this a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, Battle Cards has been made. The boxes are sat in our warehouse um, as we speak, um, just a little bit away from Aldershot. And um, the lovely people at the warehouse have just reopened. Um, so they are beginning to uh, sift through their back order of things that need to be posted out. So basically, anyone who's ordered the battle cards, jump on the spidermindgames.co.uk website, log in, just check that your address is the correct one, and we will be posting you your box or boxes of battle cards very shortly. And, and you've checked that the, um, the office, the delivery office, is Godzilla-proof, meteor-proof, you know, earthquake Oh, nothing, nothing would surprise me right now, but, um, you know, I'll deliver the buggers myself uh, because I think people have waited long enough. Oh, I'm I genu genuinely in. I'm not just blowing smoke up your up your asp here. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I've had some really good games of it over the years over at LaveCon. I think uh, Commander Avija Starseed and I had a, a very lengthy game a couple of LaveCons ago, and I'm looking forward to having a rematch, which... Um, yeah, well, once lockdown's finished, and well, once, once the battle cards turn up. Yep. Yeah. And once lockdown's finished, there will be plenty of these available to play at lots of different conventions. Um, so, yeah, if you if you get yourself involved in anything Elite Dangerous, um, it's entirely possible that you can come along and play, uh, have a proper game of the full-on battle cards. Uh, which Fantastic, and then you, you've got a couple of a couple of new releases. The short, short version. You've got some ice dice I heard about earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, we were able to um, show those off in our little um, hour-long feature earlier on. Yeah, basically, we're we're making the ice dice. That's a a tray uh, that you can fill with water, and it freezes the seven more popular shapes of role-playing game dice, and mm. they make them uh, ice. So, uh, yeah, it's all. I'm awful. glad the news article we wrote wasn't too far off the mark on that one. There. Oh, no, no, you're good. Sorry, you're that's that's cool. Earth calls the D12. Sorry? Is the D12 really a popular type of dice? Uh, it's not a popular type of dice at all. Um, but as far as we're concerned, um, it needs to be made because it's one of the. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, when Thanos snaps his fingers, well, if you haven't got the D12 in the set, yeah. people don't disappear. Also, the D12 looks cool as an ice cube. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so if, you, if, if your life has been empty up until now because you play board games and role-playing games, but you haven't ever been able to put your ice into your whiskey and cool it down to a sufficient temperature, then now uh, we've answered that that prayer. <laughs> and of, of course, your your choose your own adventure. Well, it isn't. It, it's no. That's a that's a that's a <clears throat> protected name. Your adventure game also has an update. I think I heard. Uh, yeah. So 
um, Legendary Kingdoms, which is a book that we uh, launched uh, last year, is uh, something that people can purchase over on the website. But we're uh, it's actually the beginning of a series of books. We're writing six in the, in the series, and the second one, Crown and Tower, is going to be released uh, on Kickstarter in the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, do keep an uh, ear out for that. That'll be launched after Ice Dice. It'll be Ice Dice first, and then Crown and Tower, because Crown and Tower is being a book needs a little bit more pre-work than uh, an ice tray does. Um, well, look, thank you very much for coming to join us. Thank you very much, as usual, from the Hutton Orbital team um, for joining us. Yeah, we love having... Orbital, Lave love, at Live at Lave. Love having anyone from Spider-Mind on. You guys are always <laughs> welcome. In fact, I don't think there's any guests that we don't welcome back, but um, uh, with Frontier well, and on that note, Spider-Man, we've got a particularly soft spot for them. Bless you. Well, on that note, obviously, we've got three more little bits of the show. I've looked at the timings. We're pretty good, but it's traditional to put our special guests on the spot with a really difficult question they weren't expecting. All right. Um, so, and we're going to go for uh, one-sentence answers <laughs> from our guests from uh, Frontier, if they're paying attention here. Um, guys, can we have um, your your one top tip for hollow me lockdown and we're going to start with you pick on somebody first mr mr cow there pick, pick one and we need their one top tip for hollow me lockdown i'm gonna go for dav uh, hollow me um use the free spectacles packs purchasable now for zero arcs <laughs> from the in-game arc store yay right and mr cow pick on the next one uh we're gonna go for oh crazy oh yeah you gotta throw it to the, they've got to throw it to the benedetti I was not prepared for this question at all. I can't find the answer anywhere on the sheet. So I'm guessing I'll just say, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. Wear, wear woolly clothes in hot weather. I don't know. I th- okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, when in doubt, if it's, if it's rainy outside, put a nice uh, furry jacket on. Keeps you nice and warm. Boo, shame. I feel that was, was far more prepared. Far more prepared for this than I was. got glasses on and everything. Oh, sorry, we'll go one more. We'll go one more. And Dom? Dom and Dom has learned. Dom. Oh, and he's back. The no. always sound. wear a hat. You don't have to worry about your hair length. That's a good tip. That's a fantastic tip. Sorry, hold on. Right. Just, okay. Before you move on, before you know, I know Doc is coming up. We don't want to be late. Stephen was was that so hard? You saw that those two came prepared. What what happened? They had, they had props. They had props. I didn't see this question anywhere. I was blindsided. <laughs> I was blindsided. <laughs> I have I have no good tips at all for anything. My tips is uh, you know survive and don't drink too much in the weekends. That is probably. <laughs> Stephen did the best impression I've ever heard of Gollum. So thank you Love very it. much. Thank you very much. Okay, well we have we have three little bits of the show uh, left to come up. Um, so Mr. Cow, we we've we've got uh, Flossie's in depth breakdown of the community goals. Um, we've got uh, Galnet. Uh, from Commander Wotherspoon. We've got the, uh, all with a special little pull-out supplement. Um, and of course, we've got um, Hutton's Top Trucker before we head over to Dockers afterwards. So I'm going to hand over to, to you and the rest of the team now for the remaining bits. Okay, I'm going to try something. It might break things, but uh, let me just see if I can find... Uh, right, what, what intro are we going to go for? We're going to go for the slightly... We'll go for the slightly shorter one. You go for the shorter one. Looking at, look at the times, we're pretty good. You've got nine <laughs> minutes to do the lot. Okay. All right, Flossie is uh, Flossie. Are you are you ready? I'm ready. All yes. right, people at home, we apologise for any psychological damage that this earworm does to you on the way in, and more specifically, on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> when the 
Universe is in trouble. Bug infestations in the bubble. Your home stations burned rubble. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives. Let Flossie tell you what it is. Then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Interstellar initiatives. Flossie tells us what she thinks it is. Then you can get involved with this. Now you should. Listen to what Lassie says. And people are changing my script in front of my eyes. As there aren't any interstellar initiatives anymore, or CGs, and we have a studio full of developers, I'm going to be tying them to their chairs and not releasing them until we've got some back. Other than that, you've got to do what I say. And I say, let's all listen to Dockers after this as I'm in it. Have a great time, everyone, and remember, for the mug. Now, where did I put the pliers and the ball worms? Flossie told you what to do. So we so worry. Oh, my goodness. There's a bit of fear in me there. But I know it's time for the mellifluous tones of Commander Witherspoon and his take on the latest news from Galnet, followed by the Saturday supplement that is the Galnet Food Digest. Galnet News Digest, live from LaveCon, 4th of July, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, elite feet delay causes convention cancellation. Galnet author takes another rest. The galaxy is dead. Again. Elite feet delay causes convention cancellation. The annual convention for elderly commanders, LaveCon, has been cancelled this year due to a shortage of legs. According to a source close to the organiser, normally held at the Sedgebrook House Spaceport, the event attracts the sort of commander that likes to tell you how much better things were back in the 32nd and 33rd centuries, while knocking back a succession of foaming tankards of ale. A number of these commanders have been known to pull off what's known as a fool Michael Brooks, before succumbing to gravity and sleep, a process that leaves the commanders legless. And it is delays in manufacturing new space legs to replace those legs that have been lost in this way that's meant that planetary landings at LaveCon have had to be suspended and replaced by a system called telepresence, which allows commanders to congregate in a virtual Sedgwick Hall and to wear kimonos if they really want, although any splashing about they may want to do is strictly confined to their own bathtubs. The veteran commanders are looking forward eagerly to next year's LaveCon, by which time the Pilots' Federation has promised that there will not only be elite feet, but also rather exciting jetpacks, which should make an evening excursion to the Brampton Halt public house both quicker and more eventful. Galnet also takes another rest. 
The editor-in-chief of Galnet is reported to have gone back to sleep following an unexpected burst of creative activity in early June, during which the availability of Vitadine nanomedicines was announced. Nanomeds have been manufactured by the Vandermeer Corporation and are believed to be especially useful for commanders who are bold or reckless enough to step outside the cockpit of their ships and find themselves shot, squashed, or ripped into tiny pieces by other commanders, ships landing on top of them, or rampaging Thargoids, respectively. Nanomeds are reported to cure almost any illness or ailment and are just the sort of thing that 21st century politicians would have wanted if they weren't too busy posturing and standing for election to worry about the health of their people. Prior to June, the Gallnet editor's last burst of activity was in mid-January, when he managed to publish a stunning two articles, one about the Thargoids being mildly annoying in the Witchhead sector, and another about renaming some of the systems with slightly less hideous names. He has not yet felt the need to honour the arrival of fleet carriers with an article in his increasingly slim publication. The only way the Galnet minions can tell their editor is still alive is by observing the silk handkerchief over his face, fluttering up and down as he breathes. Resplendent in an embroidered dressing gown, the supine body of the Galnet editor has not been observed to move at all for the past three weeks. Whether he'll wake up in time to cover the first commander exploration of planets with tenuous atmospheres is anyone's guess. The galaxy is dead again. With most commanders retired or on shore leave, it's undeniable that the galaxy is dead. There are a few exceptions, of course. The Dark Wheel is about to expand from LFT-926 to a third system, bringing the prospect of finding Raxler infinitesimally closer. The AXI is running a community goal to kill as many Thargoids as possible and having a bit of a competition to find out who can kill two Thargoids and land safely back at Ceres Tarn the quickest. The Buckyball Racers are holding the Rush Job Telepresence Distanced Time Trial. Operation IDA, or is it IDA? Nobody knows, is still repairing the last few Thargoid damage stations. Miners are scouting for and finding triple and even quadruple overlapping low-temperature diamond hotspots. There are somewhere in the region of 10,000 fleet carriers in the galaxy, making travel and trade easier than it's ever been before. The number of commanders flying in the galaxy stands at only about double the number flying over the previous three years. Yes, the galaxy is dead. Again. And that's this week's LaveCon Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Amelia Hawke, and this is a Golnet Food Digest Light Bite. We nibble on the galaxy's rarest goods, so you don't have to. As we've only got a short time this evening, I've taken the liberty of asking the bar staff here at Virtual LaveCon for their rarest little tub of bar snacks. Mukasubi Chitnose, 
Bar snacks are said to be the perfect accompaniment to just about any drink you might want to sample at the bar. And if previous late cons are anything to go by, everyone works their way through just about everything there is. Except for a couple of bottles of something suspiciously blue. And a bottle of dodgy looking rosé that no one seems to want to open. These crunchy morsels, flavoured with everything from beef extract to hedgehog, and at least 15 different varieties of chilli, are mass-produced from their native insects of nearby planets. Blended into a crunchy powder by industrial machinery, they're reformed in approximations of the rings of an Orbis station, complete with crispy carapace hubs and legs out to the rings. What might, at first glance, seem an unusual choice for an ingredient is rich in essential minerals and has a crunch that can be matched by your usual potato and chemical mix used by other shipboard snacks. Unless you look at the packaging, it's easy to forget that the natural crunch and meaty flavor was once devouring crops on a nearby agricultural world, or scaring people by lurking in the corners of rooms waiting to jump out and make them scream. Chidnos are the pinnacle of an industry that boasts amongst its creations Thargatos, Jarrus rice crackers, and everyone's favorite, Ochuang chili pork scratchings. If you, like most humans, ignore where your food actually comes from and appear to have a cast iron gut for nibbling on anything that used to move, then this is the snack for you. I'm off to wash this down with some Burnham bile distillate and to take away the taste if possible. This was Amelia Hawke for the Galnet Food Digest, signing off and definitely not entering the next frontier late night 24-hour live stream eat weird stuff on camera competition. Amelia, that was enlightening, to say the least. And the least said about that, the better. I'm told this is about the point in the show where we move from very tasty to very tasteless. Following a very specific court order, the following item will not have a live video link. It's Buck Naked with Hutton's Top Trucker. This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you toot around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website 
hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as Texas heat. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them bullfrogs down by the creek, Commander S.J. McThompson took the lead this week and jumped 100,821 light years. Commander Millstone Barn had fun with his trigger finger again this week, turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. He racked up over 53 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don ships. Running missions faster than Cecil on the way to Cubicle 3 to take a leak, Commander Freaky Eyes took the lead and tallied up 1,091 mission points this week. And loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Operation IDA hauled almost 93,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy. Commander St. John Hawk bought a heck of a lot more, but we have no idea what happened to it all. There's at least 50,000 tons unaccounted for. Driving the Hutton short bus this week, Commander Vanteon delivered 822 passengers around the galaxy. One of them was Cecil, who drained him of his gin reserves. Poor bastard. Now, some of y'all thought you could take a shortcut on the old hut and run. Well, that don't sit well with Buck. The hut and run is a time-honored challenge to jump into the system at Alpha Centauri and travel that .22 light years straight out to Hutton Orbital. Much like other race challenges in the past, such as the Bandit and Snowman running 400 cases of Coors beer from Texarkana back to Atlanta, and the Cannonball Run zooming across the United States from New York City to Los Angeles. You don't get to use shortcuts. What fun would it have been if one of them simply chartered a flight? Nope, ain't no challenge in that. Lake On Spaceways employs only the finest programmers and time trackers, though. And those who thought they'd sneak their way into the top echelon have simply disappeared instead. Well, sort of. Many thanks to uh, Antarius Fusion. He's been asleep this past week, so we gotta kick him in the arse and get him moving again. But he does spend a lot of time on that hut and helper, keeping the sanctity of the run and all of our other challenges intact. Anyway, for this week, I'll only mention that our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. That time can be beat, but are you willing to do it the honest way and light up the sky? If so, download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lake On Spaceways. 
Only ships in the galaxy worth a spit. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Buck. Uh, we always appreciate it. We love a good bit of Top Trucker. And no, we're not playing the nude video. And uh, the reason why you didn't get a filthy, filthy script is because Mr. Winnard was otherwise occupied. Otherwise, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> but count your blessings. Uh, right. Anyway, that is uh, the end of the kind of content we would have on Hutton Orbital News. Um, but do, if you want to know more, tune in on Thursday night at the proper time, which is um, half past eight on the proper day, which is a Thursday in the proper place, which is to go to twitch.tv forward slash Hutton Orbital Truckers or tv.forthemug.com. But in the meantime, we have got for you a public service announcement. Ladies, gentle truckers and pilots everywhere, will you please gird your loins, screw your courage to the sticking thingy, and prepare yourselves, because coming up next, we've got the Barnard Star Dockers. Now, if you are under the age that's suitable for listening to rude jokes, single entendres, or the kind of thing that only late-night Channel 4 would broadcast, are easily offended, have had a sense of humour amputation, or indeed are likely to send in sternly worded emails, then please tune out now and go and face Aim. Otherwise, be careful with what you wish for, as this next bit has to be listened to to believe, be believed. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so they're much. not joking. No, they're not joking. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm so sorry. I, I was going. To, I was like, I'm going to do this line really well, and then Dom <laughs> came up with that change of heart, and then that had like a different background, and it just totally threw me off. I'm I'm a man of many hats. <laughs> I mean, I've got a few backgrounds to choose from as well. It's all good, really. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming to join us and joining all the fun. And, of course, for anybody listening, anything that this team may have said comes from the fevered imaginings of Hutton Orbital Radio and definitely not from their offices or their own their own desks at all. Um, utterly, utterly made up based on real facts, but made up. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, um, you know, you three for coming to join us this evening and giving up your free time as well. It's been an absolute riot. Excellent fun. Thank you for it. Yes, thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I just was totally shocked. And, and look, we're going to hand you over to, to Team Hotbox for your next activity as well. So I'm sure they're going to be in touch about what you and uh, I think is it Arthur, you and Arthur are going to be up to with Hutton as well. So um, yep. we'll, we'll post some more news about that sometime in the, the near future. They are more sensible than us. <laughs> well, sure, I promise you. Okay. Uh, that's, 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 that's a bold boast. Uh, but we are going to go and pass on over to Mr. Winnard and his Dockers team, but we're going to need a couple of minutes just to get organised. So don't go away. Stay there. Don't move. Sit there. Sit there. Put that don't, down. Don't say, also, don't forget to say thank you to John from Spider-Man well, sitting there. there and well, sitting, in front of that, sitting in front of that crest, making him look like he's got devil's horns all the way through the... Oh yes, that's very good. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's just show you what he's uh, what he's currently got. There we go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they Viking. Is, uh, so thank you very much to John thank you to everyone in the Heart and Orbital team for joining us tonight and uh, again joining us on a Saturday night giving up their Thursdays well, uh, thank you to Live for letting us just take over for an hour this evening and a bit yeah too well. many thanks and, um, yeah and, and you know really good job on the uh, the show so far to the entire Live team from all of us here at Hutton and uh, have a wonderful mm -hmm. day tomorrow 
it's going to be a long one. But for now, we're going to leave you with our usual uh, traditional uh, outro, which is basically the same as the intro, so I don't know why I'm bigging it up at all. But for now, thank you very much for me. See you on Thursday if you come and join us then. Um, but uh, for the mug. For the mug. For the mug. For the mug. mug. For the mug. It was a good introduction. I liked it. Mm. Sorry. Thank you. Is it me? <laughs> yes, Dom. Dom. This one is on me. I. Where did I put it? Here somewhere. Oh. Behind the sofa. Yeah, it's down. It's down. It's down the back of the sofa. Um, give me two seconds while yeah. I just. Yeah. Oh, it was back here. Or was that just somebody? Was that just somebody? No, 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 it's, yeah. no it's me. No, it's, it was me doing what we call in the trade dicking about. Ah, oh, see, but, but this one done well in advance. You see, that's that's why we don't have it because it was done on time. It was just give me a quick second. I forgot to link it up. That's my mistake. It was sitting not a problem in. at all. It's been a long, long day for you. Um, where has it gone? Edit's going to sound wonderful. There it's in there. the edit, right See there. Mm. Edit, yeah, that's going to happen. Right, let's <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to pass over to Buck. Here we go. Over to you, Buck.